You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I am your host, Flying Solo today. My name is Kate, and I am a registered dietitian at Nutrition Awareness. And we're talking nutrition strategies for focus, productivity, and energy. And the reason why I am doing this podcast today is, well, first of all, I get clients all the time complaining of low energy. In fact, one of the questions that we ask all of our new clients at our initial nutrition consultations is if you could rate your energy on the average day from a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being jumping off the furniture, so much energy, everyone hates you because you're a spaz, or one being you can't even get yourself out of bed without a lift from <laughs> from some heavy machinery because you just feel that sluggish and tired, where are you on the scale? And more often than not, most of my people are exhausted. And lo and behold, their diet plays a huge role in why they feel so crummy all the time. So the good news is you can make simple changes to your eating, to your nutrition, to help boost up that energy, right? I mean, I talk about food as fuel all the time. And if you think of yourself as a car, if you put crappy fuel in or not enough fuel, or you don't put fuel in as frequently or strategically as you should, then you're gonna burn out. You're gonna break down on the side of the road. So treat yourself like a premier superior luxury car and put the finest fuel at the right times in your tank so you don't burn out. Also, the second reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I recently did a virtual presentation for a group of freelancers. So people who usually have their own full-time careers and then they also have a side business on the side doing freelance work from art to digital design to video editing, podcast editing. Seriously, the people in the chat were saying all of these things that I didn't even know you could freelance. And that just seems to be the way of the work world, especially with millennials and Gen Xers and and probably the Gen Zs too, where you have a full-time career, but then you've got your side hustle. And that takes a lot of energy to be working, you know, anywhere from 60 to 80 to 90 hours per week. I mean, if you're not taking care of yourself, you are not going to perform well. So I spoke to this group about nutrition and diet strategies to optimize work performance and all of the strategies I talk about also contribute to energy and focus. So that's what we're going to talk about in today's podcast. I hope you guys like it and learn something interesting. And I got to tell you who is sponsoring this podcast. I know, I know if you listen to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, which I know a lot of our clients do, you're like, here she goes talking about that DAP or whatever. And yeah, I'm talking about DAP or whatever, because it's not just whatever. In fact, Megan, she sent me a message on our little platform yesterday. If you don't know Megan, she's the other dietitian at Nutrition Awareness. And she just sent me this out of the blue. I got to read it to you because it's so true. And she was just like, 
Dap is just so good. <laughs> I just, I'm over here feeling like I'm changing people's lives. Nothing else does this for people. And it's so true because, yeah, we have our uh, traditional coaching programs, which are a perfect fit for a lot of people. But then we know that a lot of our clients need a little extra, a little more, a little bit more accountability right off the bat because changing your life does not happen overnight. And it's good to have somebody in your corner cheering you on and holding you accountable every single day so that you stick to those healthy habits that you dream of. So that's what Daily Accountability Program, that's what DAP stands for. That's what that is. And I was talking to a client, uh, our first initial consultation was on Tuesday or Wednesday, and I had her describe to me, okay, what does your ideal day look like, including meals? And she was like, I wake up, I have my lemon juice with water, I have a healthy smoothie for breakfast with lots of greens, proteins, healthy ingredients, I cook a scratch lunch, I'm drinking my water all day, I'm serving a healthy meal to my family, I'm not having sugar cravings. And I was like, the beautiful thing is that all of that can happen, but the reality is you're not going to go from skipping meals all day and ordering fast food at night and binging on ice cream to that, to that ideal standard. It takes baby steps, but you have to be strategic about the baby steps that you choose. And that's what we teach you in the daily accountability program. We tell you, okay, here's all the actions that we identified that you need to take that are going to work. And here's how you can do them one at a time. And we're going to pick the biggest changes, the biggest eating habits that are going to push that needle forward to your ultimate goals. And then we hold you accountable to those actions every day for 30 day cycles. So if you're interested in the daily accountability program, we just filled up for August and I'm releasing this episode in August. Uh, so our, our August cycle is almost full. Um, well, it is full. Sometimes we take exceptions in the middle of the month, depending on your application. But if you want to get on the wait list, if you want to learn more about DAP, if you want to apply for DAP because there is an application, I'm going to link that in the show notes below. But you can also go to our website and learn a little bit more. OrlandoDietitian.com backslash coaching. Scroll to the bottom and you'll see DAP apply here. You just click that button and apply and you will be on the wait list. One of us will directly contact you via video message. It's really exciting. You get a little video from one of us calling you out. <laughs> no, don't be scared. It's awesome. And you can learn more about this life-changing program. But without further ado, let's get into food and nutrition strategies to boost your energy on a work day, especially because a lot of us are working from home, if not all the time, half the time. We are in the midst of COVID, if you're listening to this in the future. Right now, a lot of people are working from home, and this means a lot less structure and a lot more time to snack and make poor eating decisions. Well, for some people, for some people it's better because they're not as tempted by all the stuff in their office or workplace. But I know that a lot of clients are just randomly grazing all day and not eating structured meals because they're so caught up in work and they're feeling a bit out of control. And so this podcast is for you. So fun fact, right? And then this is not surprising, but it's a fun, important fact to remind yourself frequently that what you eat, right, the fuel you directly put into your body impacts your brain, your energy, and your mood, right? Your diet can enhance your thinking power, your productivity, and your concentration, or it can inhibit it. It can really drag you down. And also, food can impact your sleep quality and therefore your energy the following day. 
And we all know when you've got low energy, you're less likely to make other healthy decisions like getting up and exercising or cooking at home instead of ordering out. I mean, how many times have you just been exhausted by the thought of boiling a pot of water? I've definitely been there. Or you might be too tired to say yes to the healthy food and it's just easier to go for junk because you're tired and you're craving it and you deserved it after a long day. Or maybe you just hit snooze on your alarm in the morning because you're so tired and you miss time to eat a healthy breakfast. Or if you work out in the morning, you don't do that either. So the bad news, I'll start with the bad news because there's always bad news, but there's more good news. So I'm gonna get the bad news out of the way. There is no secret ingredient or super supplement or magical diet pill that is going to boost your performance, improve your health, and or help you lose weight. That's just facts, all right? Let's just, it's law, all right? There's nothing, there's not one little secret thing that you can add into your diet that the billion, trillion, gazillion dollar diet industry can sell you. It's just facts. So I wanna put that out there. But the good news is, that just one or two small changes to your diet that don't involve adding some overpriced supplement can make a difference. So let's get into it, right? Let's start with the first one, the most obvious one, and that is caffeine. Caffeine for productivity. Approximately two thirds of Americans drink one cup of coffee per day, and me included. I want to say that before we get into any of this, I am drinking a cup of coffee right now, and I usually have two cups of coffee in the morning. We can also see from studies that about 25% of Americans would say they feel addicted to coffee, which if that's a good or bad thing, I'm going to leave up to you. Now, the good news is studies show that coffee does, in fact, improve productivity, focus, and memory. I'm assuming in the studies when they say coffee, they just tested coffee, but we can, I don't want to assume, but let's just say it's caffeine, right? Now, the problem is one thing, when we are dumping a bunch of crap into our coffee in the morning, like sugar and weird fake alternative sweeteners, that's not going to make us feel awesome. So for the sake of this discussion, we're going to assume that black coffee or maybe coffee with just a little bit of unsweetened cream or almond milk is the best option here for improving productivity and focus. But the other problem is if even if you're drinking black coffee, if you are constantly relying on caffeine or soda or energy drinks, God forbid, energy drinks, those monsters, those things are monsters, literally, to get you through the day, you're not fueling properly or, and maybe, and or, you're not getting enough sleep, okay? So let me say that again. If you feel like you need coffee just to get you through the day, you're not fueling properly with the right nutrition or you are sleep deprived and that ain't healthy, okay? Research has shown that even just one or two cups of coffee in the morning can alter the quality of your sleep at night. Studies in healthy adult males found that after they consumed 200 milligrams, which would be about two eight ounce cups of coffee, there's about 95 milligrams of caffeine per cup of coffee, at 7 a.m., all right, that's important, they drank two cups of coffee by 7 a.m., there was still caffeine in their system at 11 p.m. at night. That's a long time. That can really affect your sleep if you are super sensitive to caffeine like myself. Caffeine has also been shown to suppress melatonin secretion, and melatonin is a hormone that is produced in your pineal gland that helps you fall asleep. So light, when you're awake during the day, that suppresses this melatonin production. 
So research suggests that caffeine also suppresses this melatonin, the hormone that helps you sleep. However, this only seems to be an immediate or temporary effect. So if we take this research, we have to test it and apply it to our own life. If you noticed that you drink caffeine later in the day and you can't fall asleep at night, or if you're drinking caffeine at 3 p.m. and it's affecting your ability to fall asleep or you identify as an insomniac or maybe even an anxious person, I would strongly encourage you to put the hard work in and as scary as it sounds, take a little uh, hiatus or at least start to dramatically decrease your caffeine and see how it goes after a couple weeks. Because yes, you might have some withdrawals in the beginning, you might get some headaches, but stay hydrated, push through, and I promise it gets better. You know, I want to tell a story. I had this professor in college and he taught microbiology. And I'm, this guy was an asshole. I'm just going to say it. He was not very nice, at least not to the dietetic students. And he would bring a pot of coffee to our 50-minute lecture, which was at 2 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And he would just drink that thing throughout the lecture. And I remember this man was a spaz. He always had dark circles under his eyes. He was just, let's just say he wasn't the epitome of health, right? So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what is this man doing? Why is he so hooked on caffeine? And I don't know his whole story, but all I can tell you is that will never leave my brain because I thought it was so bizarre that if within an hour he can drink a pot of coffee, what is he doing throughout the rest of the day? Isn't that strange? Anyway, to wrap up on coffee, here's what I'd say. Enjoy coffee in the morning. I'm never going to not drink coffee. That's, well, I don't want to say never, but in the near future, I drink coffee. But we've got to choose coffee low in sugar, and we'll talk about why that's important in a future tip. So I'd say go for a black coffee or tea that doesn't have a lot of cream or uh, sugary additives in it, right? I mean, you see those people, they put a bunch of sugar or sugar alternatives. I wouldn't mess around with those either. Try to drink it black or with just a little bit of cream or almond milk. A little splash of half and half is just fine if you tolerate dairy. And then don't use coffee to stave off hunger. I know a lot of people just drink coffee all morning or in between meals because it fills them up temporarily, but that usually leads to a binge episode later. So speaking of staving off hunger with coffee, let's talk about tip number two, which is to eat breakfast or to not eat breakfast, right? That is the question, to breakfast or not to breakfast. And this comes from the recent trend of intermittent fasting. And I want to say right off the bat, I am not anti-intermittent fasting. I am not pro-intermittent fasting. I am all about intermittent fasting in the right context with the right person. Some people, they just thrive off skipping breakfast or stopping eating really earlier in the day, which is essentially what intermittent fasting is. It's just a strategic time period where you don't eat. And for people, this is usually anywhere between 13 to 16 hours a day where they're just purposely not intaking any food, sometimes not even any black coffee or black tea because they have a smaller eating window. And there are lots of benefits to this. In fact, I notice it a lot with people who have really busy jobs where they don't have time to eat. Sometimes it's just beneficial for them. So here's one of the positives of intermittent fasting, especially if you choose to extend your fast through the morning and not eat breakfast. It eliminates the potential of a food coma. How many of you have ever experienced that where you have a big meal and then you just want to take a nap or maybe you feel a little bit of brain fog and you're like, oh my God, I can't even answer these emails and you just 
don't have the ability to focus like you want to. Well, intermittent fasting, a lot of people say this eliminates the food coma because your body has more energy to think, to process, to work, and it's not sending all of its energy to your digestive system. Now, there are arguments to this, right? Maybe somebody who was feeling sluggish in the morning started intermittent fasting and noticed a difference, but what they were eating for breakfast was a donut and a frappuccino or some sugary cereal and a coffee full of cream and sugar, or maybe they were having something that just wasn't nutritious and not actually promoting productivity and a healthy diet. And then the contrast of going from that breakfast to not eating was so sharp that they thought, oh, intermittent fasting is better than breakfast. Or maybe they have a pre-existing condition like insulin resistance and it really does make a difference. So there's that, there's that argument. However, there's always going to be energy involved when it comes to digestion and breaking down food. So whether you eat or not, some of your energy is going to go through digestion. Then there are people who, this is my category, this is my group, where if I don't eat breakfast, I don't feel as energized, I'm active in the morning, I get a lot of my exercise in the morning, I want fuel in the tank, and I tend to burn out and crash and overeat or binge later if I don't get food in my system right away. And then there are people who say the other benefit of intermittent fasting is that there is no distraction of eating, meaning you don't have to stop and eat throughout the day or in the morning. You don't have those hunger pains. Now, excuse me, I just had a little frog in my throat. <clears throat> if you do have hunger in the morning and you're feeling distracted and your tummy is growling and all you want is food, but you still want to try intermittent fasting, I'll tell you what, your hunger adjusts. You will learn new eating behaviors and your body will stop sending you repetitive and predictable hunger signals because once it learns that you don't feed it in the morning, it will not expect food in the morning and therefore not send you as predictable hunger signals. So that goes a little bit um, away in the morning as you start to intermittent fast, but it does take a few days. The other benefit of intermittent fasting is that you don't feel the need to snack in the morning. I have a lot of people who eat breakfast at 6 to 7 a.m. and they're hungry again around 10 a.m. and they don't eat lunch until noon or 1. And stopping to eat or feeling that hunger pain can be distracting. And also, you have to just slow down what you're doing, right? So if you're bouncing from meeting to meeting and you're sitting there thinking about how hungry you are, well, intermittent fasting could be an alternative if you know for a fact you're eating a balanced healthy breakfast that is satiating because then you're not distracted by that. Now the other alternative is if you are to eat breakfast, if you are in the category of eating breakfast, you can't just eat anything for breakfast, right? You can't go to the donut and frappuccino or the Belvita crackers or the cereal with almond milk, right? There's not a lot of oomph to those meals. You've got to make sure they're balanced. And the number one thing you want to prioritize at breakfast is making sure you've got a good source of protein. And I'll tell you what, protein at breakfast is probably the bane of my existence. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I was talking with a client for how to get more protein in at breakfast, I'd have a lot of dollars. I'd have a lot more dollars <laughs> because it's hard. It's not easy. A lot of us are busy in the morning. We have stuff to do. We don't have time to sit there and, and cook eggs and make a whole production because we are getting kids up in the morning. We're getting exercise in the morning. We are rushing around trying to get to work after sitting in traffic or logging on to Zoom, right? If you're working from home, it's difficult. But I tell you what, there are 
always solutions to every problem. And if you get protein in your system first thing in the morning, there are loads of benefits, but for the sake of today's topic, it's gonna help keep you fuller for longer and prevent those hunger ups and downs and can help with concentration as protein amino acids are the building blocks of neurotransmitters, which are all those little chemical messengers in our brain that help us think good, right? They help us think good. So here's some ways you can get protein in at breakfast. Eggs, right? Easy. If you've got time to cook them, awesome. If not, boil some eggs the night before. It's not hard. A monkey could do it, all right? Greek yogurt, low sugar Greek yogurt or cottage cheese if you eat dairy products. If you have time to grab a protein shake, you can either make it in a smoothie if you've got the powder or if you've got the five minutes to do it, or you can buy those healthier pre-bottled protein shakes. There are some that are better than others. I would say some of the best products you can get are going to be the ones that don't have sucralose, those sugar alternatives added in the ingredients. So make sure you check and if you need help figuring out the best protein shakes to choose. We've got a blog post all about that. Same with protein bars. Not all protein bars are created equal. We all have heard that some protein bars are just candy bars in disguise. So watch your ingredients and check our blog post on orlandodietitian.com for all of the suggestions that we've got for those. Breakfast turkey sausage or the vegan breakfast sausage alternatives are great if you've got time to cook them up or if you want to make an egg casserole in advance, those baked egg cups, those are lifesavers and easy to pack and bring to work and zap in the microwave when you're ready to eat, okay? So those are just a few ideas to get protein in at breakfast. Again, check our blog. We've got a few easy make-ahead breakfast ideas, but you gotta get the protein in, all right? Lesson learned. But do I want you to just eat protein by itself? No, because that's not fun. <laughs> no one wants to eat just two boiled eggs for breakfast. Like, bleh. So you need to make sure you've got a balance by adding in low sugar, high fiber carbs. And when I say low sugar, I mean low added sugar. So an example is going to be steel cut or rolled oats, adding a piece of fruit, Making veggies at breakfast. Yes, veggies at breakfast is a thing. Why not try it? Have you ever scrambled eggs? We'll throw some spinach, tomato, and bell peppers in there. Boom, baby. You got a good serving or two of veggies right off the bat. What a great way to start your day. That's the best thing you can tell a dietitian, by the way, if you have veggies at breakfast. But if that's not your jam, you can also have some kind of sprouted grain bread or tortilla, or you can even dice up some sweet potatoes and make a sweet potato hash. And then of course, you wanna make sure you've got some healthy fat in this breakfast too. Breakfast, I mean, I'm sorry, fats help you stay fuller for longer. Have you ever eaten a meal that is void of fats? Let's say it's lean chicken and brown rice. You're gonna be hungry again in an hour or two because there's no fat to hold you over. So healthy fats in the morning are gonna be found in the egg yolk. If you're sauteing those veggies or potatoes in olive oil or avocado oil in a skillet or roasting them, that fat will help hold you over. You can also add avocado to the side of your breakfast, have some nuts, mix some healthy seeds like chia seeds, hemp seeds, or flax seeds into your smoothie. And then, you know, I also wanna say, if you think about the different types of fats, there's one called omega-3 fatty acids, and this specific type of fat has been studied in 
brain health and how it can help prevent neurogenitive disorders like Alzheimer's. And the sad thing is, Americans, we do not get enough omega-3 fatty acids in our diet, and they have to come from our food because our body cannot synthesize these specific fats. So the best sources of omega-3s, especially and specifically in the morning, are going to come from Nova salmon or lox, and you could pair that with avocado on a whole grain bagel or sprouted grain piece of toast. You can also get omega-3s in walnuts, and what I would do would be mixing that into a high-protein yogurt for a parfait. You can also mix ground flaxseed that are very high in omega-3s. Make sure you get the ground flaxseed and not the actual husks or shells or whatever <laughs> seeds. You get, they've got to be ground because then your body can actually digest those omega-3s and put those into a green protein smoothie. Or you can simply take a couple tablespoons of chia seeds and stir those into your oats. So boom. Balanced breakfast versus intermittent fasting. Do a trial and error. See what works best. See if you just need to change your breakfast to be something more balanced or if skipping breakfast for a few days helps your productivity. Now let's talk about how what we eat before bed impacts our energy the next day. And I'm going to start with tip number three, which is alcohol. All right, the biggest myth is that alcohol makes it easier to block out disruptions before bed and fall asleep, right? A nightcap. But we can see from studies that even just one alcoholic beverage, one five ounce glass of wine, one 1.5 ounce spirit, or one beer, 12 ounce beer, or is it 16 ounces, whatever, can affect your body's ability to enter the restorative deep stages of sleep. All right, just one little measly drink and regular alcohol can lead to impaired memory and slowed reaction times. Have you ever had a hangover? Can you imagine like working well when you have a hangover? A hangover happens after multiple drinks, but even just one beverage the next day can impair your memory and slow down your ability to react to things, which uh, I don't know about you, but if you're working a hard job and you've got to be on your game, you got to be on your top level, you don't need alcohol slowing you down, especially night after night. And I'm sensitive to it because I'm hyper aware of how I feel with certain foods. And I have noticed that I don't sleep as well if I have a glass of wine before bed. So if you need to stay productive, you've got to look for ways to get good sleep and cutting out alcohol use before bed is one of the fastest ways to improve your night's rest. Now, here's the thing. I'm a realist. I love the way it feels after a long day to kick your feet up either on your deck on your balcony or in front of Netflix or with your family with a good glass of wine. I get it. Oh God, I love it. I'm recording this at 8, 10 in the morning and I'm like, yeah, that sounds amazing. But if you are serious about being more productive and you want more energy and you're suffering right now, try it out. You don't have to do it forever. Just try it. Just try it. It's not going to kill you for a week to say no to alcohol every night and see if you notice a difference. And the good news is there's alternatives, baby. There's alternatives because I get the ritual. I love the ritual of having a drink in the evening, something special, something besides water. And some ideas could include warm herbal tea. You could do a sparkling water. I know they've got non-alcoholic beers and wines. So if that's within your reason, if you're down with that, then go for that. They, they're fine. Or even making a low sugar mocktail. It's not going to kill you. That's all I got to say. 
And then we also want to talk about right before you go to bed, uh, how food impacts your body. So I suggest to everyone to try your best to stop digesting something with calories or eating your last meal at least three hours before bed. So if you go to sleep around 11, I would say, let's do that math. Stop eating around eight. All right. Put the kitchen, close the kitchen, put your dishes away, stop eating at eight. And this is because, like I said earlier, your body uses a lot of energy to break down nutrients and absorb those nutrients and do all of these fun processes that go along with digestion. So when your body is focusing on digestion, it's not putting energy elsewhere, aka helping you restore and repair and rest, which is what you're supposed to be doing when you sleep. So give your body at least three, but you could go anywhere up to six hours before bed without eating. It can really improve your quality of sleep. I've also noticed, and I've asked a lot of clients if they feel this way too, that when they stop eating well before bedtime, they don't wake up as sluggish feeling and they don't wake up starving. So if you're someone who wakes up and you are like, I need food right now, ask yourself if you eat close to bedtime because if you have a heavy meal or high carbohydrate snack right before bed, your blood sugars can get a little wonky in the nighttime and be really, really low when you wake up in the morning, making you want food ASAP. But that's just an anecdotal uh, observation that I've made in myself and a few other clients. Tip number four, sugar, <laughs> right? Let's talk about sugar, baby. Sugar, we've all heard the sugar crash and it's real. So I'm going to explain it in very simple terms. When you eat something high in sugar, which could be candy in the obvious sense, or dessert or a donut, or something that's more savory but refined carbohydrate like chips or popcorn or crackers, and you eat that all by itself, your blood sugar is affected. So your blood sugar levels impact or are directly related to your energy. So you eat something high in sugar or you drink something high in sugar like a beverage, soda, sports drink, and your blood sugar, it spikes up really, really high. And then what comes up comes crashing down and there's your sugar crash. And when you come crashing down, you're going to experience a few things. One is going to be that hangry feeling where you're just like, I could eat anything and I'm going to push everyone out of my way like the freaking Incredible Hulk until I get to the vending machine and I get my Ritz crackers or my Snickers bar, right? You get hangry because your body wants your blood sugars to go back up. So it demands quick energy from carbs. You're also going to experience low energy because if your blood sugars are low, you don't have energy circulating around your system to help you get going. And you're going to feel irritable. Someone's going to come up to you when you're hangry and you're going to snap at them because you've got this sugar crash, right? If you have nice even levels of sugar in your blood, you're going to be much nicer to Karen from accounting when she comes up and says some passive... <laughs> passive thing to your document about your documentation to you right you're not going to want to roll your eyes you're just going to smile sweetly and say thanks Karen and message somebody on slack later about how rude she is <laughs> right you're going to be a lot more pleasant and you're not going to want to just put your head down on your desk and take a nap so what we want is not this spike and drop in blood sugar all day we want a nice gentle steady rise and fall of blood sugar think of a nice ocean tide rise, fall, relaxing. You want that because that's going to help you have sustained energy. And how do you do that? 
Well, you first, you choose low sugar meals and snacks during the day. And you make sure you're eating enough to where your blood sugar doesn't drop completely because if you eat lunch at noon and you don't eat again until seven, well, that could be why you are eating your entire pantry (laughs) and going back for seconds and thirds and fourths and doing drive-bys by the freezer for ice cream pops because you're so freaking hungry and your blood sugar dropped too low and your body's in panic mode, right? So making sure you give yourself enough steady fuel throughout the day using those balanced meal techniques I told you in tip numero dos. And the big thing I also wanna tell people is avoid those sugary drinks. I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit with the caffeine tip, but I mean, soda, energy drinks, juice, even if it's 100% organic natural orange juice, it's sugar in your blood system, baby, all right? If you're drinking that all by itself for an energy boost, you're going to experience hunger again later and those ups and downs and dips and valleys in energy. And that's not good, okay? So skip the sugary drinks. You really don't need them, especially if it's Wednesday afternoon before a big meeting. It's not gonna help you. I know it tastes good. I know it feels good. I know it really stimulates those dopamine receptors in your body and gets those feel good juices going, but I promise you it's not worth it. You can drink water or some kind of sugar-free alternative to feel better. And my fifth tip to you is also gonna vary on the person, but I would avoid heavy meals, specifically meals that are super high in not so healthy fats. Now there are a lot of people who prefer eating two or three large meals per day. Well, I would save your heaviest meals for outside of work and making sure that when you are eating these larger meals that you are eating a lot of veggies and healthy starches and proteins and healthier fats that aren't gonna weigh you down. And I really think the best way to decipher what kind of meals make you feel sluggish and overly full is to pay attention to how certain foods make you feel. So I'm gonna use an example here. Let's say you're the kind of person who doesn't like snacks, you don't have time to snack, it's just not your thing, um, which is totally acceptable and fine, I'm all about it. And for breakfast, you eat pancakes with syrup and powdered sugar and butter. Are you gonna feel like working a marathon? Probably not. But if you were to have some eggs, fruit, steel cut oats, and a black coffee, you're gonna feel lighter, you're gonna feel less full, but you've gotten a substantial amount of food. And let's say you're eating lunch and somebody orders, I don't know, Chinese food, and you get a couple egg rolls, crab mangoons, uh, fried rice, and you know some kind of orange chicken stuff with sauce on it. That's a heavy meal. That's not gonna give you good sustained energy. That's gonna make you feel like sitting down and scrolling on your phone and leaning back in your spinny chair and just kind of slacking off. But if you were to order a big meal that was full of veggies, let's say instead of at the Asian takeout place, you got all the fried food, you got a reasonably cooked rice, you got some kind of beef and broccoli or grilled chicken, and you got a low calorie, low sugar drink on the side, and then you also brought your own apple or banana from home, well, that's gonna give you better high quality energy and not make you feel as bogged down. And so my whole point with this tip is if you're eating larger meals throughout the day, really, really save those heavier fried indulgent meals for outside of work when you don't need that good quality energy because There is nothing worse than feeling like you've got a football or a baby in your stomach and trying to focus on work because those foods take a ton of energy to digest and your body's working in overdrive trying to break down all that stuff for you. So 
just not going to help your brain power. Instead, choose a balance of lots of veggies, those healthy starches, those high-quality plant-based starches, lean protein, and healthy fats to fuel you throughout the day. And then there are some people, if you're like me, who prefer to have maybe three smaller, medium-sized meals and a couple snacks throughout the day. Make sure that you are still choosing healthier options that aren't fried and greasy and making you feel like you just need to (laughs) throw in the flag, throw in the towel, and and tap out and take a nap, all right? We all know that feeling, and it sucks. And I just want to say I know that it sucks if there are people in your office who are ordering and eating those things, and it might stink to eat your own food around that, but I tell you what, the investment's worth it. And if anyone is giving you trouble about it, if anyone's saying, like, come on, Paul, like, just, you know, eat the cake with us, get the egg rolls, are you sure you don't want a crab rangoon? Say no, all right? They're just feeling insecure about their own food choices. If anyone ever shames you about what you're eating or drinking when it's healthy, it's because they're insecure about their own eating eating uh, habits and they're just projecting that on you and trying to get you to join in so they feel less bad. And that's just facts. We've all been on both sides of that. I know there's been times where I've chosen something unhealthy and my friend orders after me and she gets something healthy and I'm like, come on, like, get the margarita with me, get the frozen margarita instead of the water. But I do that because I'm insecure about my own choice, right? So that being said, I want to lead, um, or I want to end this podcast with one other point. And this is one that I hear a lot. And it's a big deal. And it's that, okay, Kate, all these tips you said, awesome, great, love them, makes sense. But I don't have the time. I don't have the time to eat healthy. I don't have the time to think about these things all day. I don't know how to plan. I I just don't have time. I've got kids. I've got two jobs. I've got outside hobbies. I've got obligations. And I want to let you know that I get that. I'm there too. I feel you. It's not easy. And if I had a magic wand and I could just wave it like your fairy godmother and grant you all the time in the world to prioritize healthy eating and exercise and nutrition and all the things that are going to add to your life, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would do it for the whole wide world, but I don't have that magic wand and nobody does. And at the end of the day, you have to find something to change. Remember in the beginning when I said one or two small things can make a difference? I know that there's one thing that you can change or add into your routine or make time for or substitute, right? You know, if you're used to watching TV for two hours every night, can you take it down to one so you can plan and pack your meals the next day? There's something you can do that will make a difference. Just one thing. I'm not telling you to change your entire routine and implement all of these changes at once. I'm not telling you to do that because I'm a realist and I get it. But I'm telling you, if you're sitting there using time as an excuse, you're never going to get, you're never going to change. I'm sorry, that's facts, right? So you can listen to these tips all day long. You can do all this research online. You can think about it. You can consciously be aware of, I need to change. But if you don't actually do something and you keep coming up with excuses and getting in your own way, you're not going to get anywhere. I'm sorry, that's just it. That's the tough love truth from me. And I'm going to say, if you need help, if you need support, if you need that accountability, if you need someone to sit down with you for a freaking hour and help you figure out where in your schedule you can meal plan and what exactly you should be planning and prepping and eating and changing, book an appointment with Megan or I. One of us dietitians will help you make a change. That's our job. That's 
that's our passion. <laughs> that's kind of our obsession. Uh, so go ahead and go onto our website. You can learn more, look at our different options and actually make a change for once because I know you're sick of, of staying the same. And if you're sick of getting in your own way, if you're sick of all the stupid excuses you keep making for yourself, knock it off. Take This is your opportunity. This is, if you believe in signs, if you believe in the universe sending you messages, if you believe in a higher power giving you a sign, this is it. This is it. So go ahead, go on our website, orlandodietitian.com. If you have questions, if you want to talk to one of us on the phone or over email or text before you commit, we are all about that. We've got our contact information on the website. I'll go ahead and link it in the show notes below. You can apply for the DAP program and ask questions on that application as well. And of course, we're on Instagram. So if you're a little bit like iffy about us, if you're like, I don't know what these girls are about, follow us on Instagram. We are on the stories. We are on the posts. <laughs> we are we be on that app. Uh, and you can learn a little bit more about our philosophy and the way we approach nutrition. But I want to thank you guys for listening to this. Let me know if it was helpful. Get in contact if you need any help or assistance. And if you know somebody who really needs a little kick in the pants with their productivity, with their energy, because they're eating garbage all day, if they're going through McDonald's drive through for breakfast and Wendy's for lunch and eating Snickers in the middle of the day, and they need to kick in the pants, just, you know, nicely share this podcast with them. Don't directly send it to them and be like, you need this. <laughs> Unless, you know, if that's if that's your dynamic. But just be like, hey, you know, like I heard this cool podcast and I learned a lot. I think you'd like it. It's from two dietitians. They are nutrition experts. They're legit. Check it out. Uh, you know, share it with a friend who, who could use a little kick in the pants, like I said. All right. Speaking of productivity, I am about to sign off, head to the gym, and get my day started. I will catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real and keep it healthy.